You are in the presence of God, the miracle worker. He is here. I know you will be so blessed today. I know the power of God will touch you and transform you. I know many will receive healing and freedom, and I am so excited for all that God is going to do. Share this with your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. Be a blessing. Be a vessel of God by sharing this with others. Today, I wanna, I'm going to share about your inheritance that Jesus has given you. This is so important that you know your inheritance, what Jesus has given you, because this answers the question of why you should expect miracles to happen in your life today. Miracles have become rare today. God is changing that now. And many of you have encountered the power of God, have been receiving miracles yourself and have seen God move miraculously. God is changing that completely, but it has been rare for a while. The devil does not want people to know that God moves in power, that miracles exist. The devil has strategy. The devil knows that he can't prevent everyone from knowing that Jesus is real. So he comes with strategy and he's tried to blind people, God's people, to the full inheritance that they have. He's tried to blind people to how the, the extent of God's greatness, his power. Over time, he's released this false doctrine into ears generations back that have eventually gotten the body of Christ by and large out of order so that they're not doing things God's way. God is a God of order. We have to do things God's way. We can't try to do things a different way. We have to stick with his blueprint. He has this perfect blueprint laid out for how the body of Christ is to look like, of how we are to walk as a powerful vessel of God destroying the devil's kingdom. He has this blueprint. He has this system. We can't go against that. If we go against it, we won't see results that Jesus wants us to see. We won't see the power of God flow. We have to do things God's way. So we've been looking in the Bible. I did a message of, it's called on YouTube, go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's called uh, a lasting revival, a lasting revival. I shared why we don't see the power of God by and large and what we need to do to see it. And the short answer is to go in our Bibles, look carefully and see what the Acts Church looked like and how they were doing things. For example, they had the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They are there to equip the body. So when we get rid of most of our equippers, then we're babies that cannot grow. That's not gonna work out well. This is an example of one of the principles we need to follow of God's to see the power of God to see our full inheritance of what Jesus has given us, of what he intends us to walk out in. So go check that out on YouTube after if you haven't seen it. Um, but I've been revealing lately why we haven't seen the power of God and how we get back in line, the whole body of Christ back in line with God's way so he can have his way and the power of God can flow through us. 
So the devil has tried to blind people for a long time. Um, he, he doesn't mind so much that people believe in Jesus. What terrifies him is that your eyes to be opened up to the authority you have, to true power that God has, the possibilities that God has, and that we have of accessing them. The devil does not want you to know how to access this power because that's what destroys his kingdom. The power of God is what casts demons out of people. The power of God is what sets people on fire to be surrendered to God so they're not living lukewarm Christian lives and actually being vessels of the enemy. There are plenty of people who call themselves Christians, but they're not surrendered to God. And they are being vessels of the enemy, speaking mean things to people lots of times, or being caught up in idols, like we saw a big political idol lately. There's plenty of people who can call themselves Christians, but they're not being a vessel of God really at all or most of the time they're being a vessel of the enemy. So this is the enemy's strategy. The Bible talks about lots of times, Paul is saying, beware of these false doctrines. You need to stick with the doctrine of Jesus, the true doctrine that I gave you, Apostle Paul says many times. So this right here, what I'm, Teaching you today and equipping you is an example of apostolic ministry, the job of an apostle to make sure your foundation is good, is in order. If there's false doctrine in there, we get that out and we get the true doctrine in there. So you have a strong, sturdy, stable, clean foundation full of truth. And when we don't have apostles, that's why you see so much of that false doctrine, confusion, lack of truth. So how the kingdom of God works, one of the big principles is that we need to believe in what we have, that we have it in order to access it. We have to believe in what we have in order to access it. That makes sense, right? That makes sense. The way it works is we're not like robots here, but Jesus created, God created us as children, children of God who have an inheritance. And it speaks of this, Romans 8, 17, it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, the Bible speaks many times of the inheritance that you have. So this is amazing because we are not on God's level, but he decides to call us children anyways. Amen. It's powerful. God sees us as much higher than we see ourselves. God wants us to see that we really are children. The real meaning of that, think about that. Children, you're a true child of God. You're not like a doll or a robot, even though the difference is more like that, you know, the difference of his mind and his magnitude. But he decides to call you his child and he decides to give you everything that he has. Everything. So as children, he's also 
given you authority. This is a principle in the spiritual realm. You were given authority. God has given you authority to walk on this earth as a child of God, doing the Father's will, speaking his will, making the, the, the world be full of heaven, full of the presence of heaven, removing things that shouldn't be there. In other words, destroying the devil's kingdom and releasing God's kingdom. That's what you are called to do. That's why you are here to take authority upon this earth over, over the devil's kingdom. You have been given that powerful authority and responsibility. So you have to know who you are so you can walk in who you are. If you don't know who you are, then the, the enemy can take authority over you. You have to know who you are. Hallelujah. So Jesus, when he died on the cross, he returned this authority to you. Adam and Eve first had it in the garden. They lost it. The enemy then had it. Jesus, when he came, he did many things. And I want you to listen carefully because this is the part where the enemy has come with a, with a wrong doctrine. Um, and, and many of you have, haven't been given the full truth of what you've received. So Jesus when he died on that cross and was risen from the grave, he returned the keys of authority, the keys of the kingdom back to you. He handed them back to humanity, to you now. He also erased your sins completely. Before we had to cover them up, sacrifice animals, but they were always still there. It was always still there. We would just cover them up and you would constantly live in guilt and shame, condemnation, but Jesus removed all of that. It's a supernatural act he did, that he actually chose to remove your sins. They don't have any power on you, and they're removed from his memory. So powerful, you, you gotta know what you have. So, when, so if you are to mess up in life from time to time, you know Thank you, Jesus, for taking away my sins. Thank you that I can just repent right now, which means change, turn direction. I, I, I want to live how you want me to live, God. I want to please you. So I'm going to turn from this now. I'm sorry, God. And I'm going to turn from this with your strength, with your help. And that's it. In that action, in that action, it's like it never happened in Jesus' mind. He doesn't carry that with you. It's gone, it's removed. This is what Jesus has provided for you on that cross. Jesus has also provided for you salvation, eternal life, so that you, when you die, can go to heaven with him and live forever with him. Eternal life, you don't go to hell. That's what Jesus did on that cross. Hallelujah, that's powerful. That's why we should have no fear of death. When we, once we get to heaven, we'll be like, I can't, oh my goodness. Just like, we can't even imagine how amazing heaven is. So it's silly to fear death when we know that's where we're going. Hallelujah. So 
these, these, these things are important for you to know so you can walk in. So you're not living in the law, the old life where you uh, think you are carrying around your sins and think you need to carry around shame, guilt, and condemnation. Nope. It is gone. Jesus has paid the price for you. This is his love for you. Now, these, these things that I've shared with you right now, for most people, most Christians, many Christians might have heard this before and believe in these things that I've shared with you right now. Most Christians have. And that was my case. Like I had heard these things um, since I can remember, since I was a child, I grew up Christian my whole life. But there are more parts to this inheritance. There are more parts to what Jesus purchased on the cross that you have. These first things I shared with you, you have them. They are your inheritance. They actually belong to you. It's not something you need to keep asking God for or you have to do something for. This is something that literally belongs to you. You have it. It's your, it's yours. But now these next things I'm gonna share with you, these are also part of your inheritance just as much. And God wants you to know that they are yours. Number one, Isaiah 53, five. It says, Jesus, he, he was wounded. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, punishment. And by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. What are his stripes? The stripes talks about the lashings, the beatings, the scourges that he had that were not just whips, but the, the tool they used was just the most brutal kind of tool you could imagine with all sorts of metal pieces sticking out, sharp pieces that would rip the flesh out. And I just say that so graphically for you to know the price that Jesus paid for you to receive healing. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Immorality, wickedness, that means. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, punishment, and by his stripes we are healed. So the meaning of all of that is Jesus went through such torture, such pain for you to be healed for you to receive healing, for you to not be sick anymore, for you to not be in pain anymore. Jesus paid a huge price for this. If you think about parents getting presents for their children um, for Christmas, parents lots of times wanna, they put a lot of thought into it, they, they sacrifice for it, they spend a lot of money, and they're excited for this joy that it will bring their child when they open up the present Christmas morning. So they have the present there, they sacrificed a bunch for it. And imagine if the child never opened it. Imagine if the child never wanted to open it. It doesn't matter that that present is sitting there under the tree with their name on it. If the child never opens it, they never get to receive it. They never get to receive the benefit of the reward 
of all of the sacrifice, pain, sweat and tears that the parents did to give them this gift that they were so excited to give them, that they knew would bring them so much joy. So this is how the gifts Jesus has given you, this is how they are. This is how his inheritance works. He's given you these gifts, but you have to receive them. The action of receiving them is believing, is believing. To receive Jesus as Lord, to, to receive salvation, it says you just need to believe. You just need to believe. And that's the action of receiving it. It's yours. So the same works for the other gifts that Jesus gave you on the cross. Healing. You need to believe that is yours. It has your name on it. Jesus was looking at you in your suffering, in your pain when he went on that cross. He, has, he, has, he had the capability to actually see your face, to see you in the future when you would be born more than 2,000 years later. He has the capacity. He's God. He could see your face. He could see in the future pain that you would have, sickness that you would have. And he says, I am going to pay a price for this. I'm going to purchase this healing for my child. So what a shame it is if we don't open this gift that Jesus paid such a price for and wants you to receive more than anything. By his stripes, we are healed, not maybe healed. We are healed. And Jesus goes on to prove that he meant that. Before he died on the cross, he showed his disciples, this is what I want for my people. This is what I'm going to give for my people from now on. Healing. Jesus came on the scene. The Bible says he healed every sickness, every kind. When Jesus died and was resurrected, he gave the commission to his disciples, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out the demons, raise the dead. He didn't give a whole lot of instructions, this big last statement that he made, that he made several times before too, where these simple, few, powerful words, and it includes heal the sick. So as they were healing the sick, they were releasing the inheritance that Jesus had given his people. When you preach the gospel and when you demonstrate the power of God, you are revealing the gift of salvation to people. When you pray for the sick, when you testify that Jesus heals to other people, when you invite someone to where the power of God's moving, where they can receive healing like this live, you are releasing, revealing this inheritance for God's people. It's like there's different gifts and you're like, I have this gift that Jesus wants you to open. I know you didn't, I know you thought it was just this one gift under the tree, but this gift actually has your name on it too. It really does exist. It's for you here. That's what happens when we pray for the sick. That's what happens when you invite someone to where the power of God's moving, where people are being healed. You're like, here, this is for you from Jesus. This is yours. It has your name on it. He paid a big price for, for it. He wants you to have it more than anything in the world. This is the most important gift for you to open up. Open it, open it. Hallelujah. And the disciples, the Bible says that they were healing every disease as well. The Bible plainly, clearly says 
the sick came to the church and they healed them all. They lined the sick up so that Peter's shadow could pass by them and every single one of them were healed. They brought handkerchiefs to Apostle Paul who was carrying so much anointing, anointing power of God, so that they would bring the handkerchiefs back to sick people and every single sick person was healed. Hallelujah. There is, I mean, such evidence, such proof. It's clear in the Bible. We're speaking just the Bible that Jesus wants you to be healed, that healing is your inheritance. It's your inheritance. It's what Jesus has given you as his heir. But you have to believe in this to receive it. Even though this is so clear in the Bible, so many Christians do not know about this gift that Jesus has given you because they have not seen it by and large, because the devil has tried really hard, really hard to keep people blinded so he could keep them in bondage. The thing behind sickness is a spirit of infirmity. It's the enemy inflicted a sickness. It does not come from God. The enemy inflicted the sickness. So, what, what one needs is freedom. That's what one needs. That scares the enemy more than anything, is for him to not have access, for him to not have power over people. That scares the enemy more than anything. Luke 4, 18, Jesus says, and I mean, this is what he's saying when he's announcing, this is who I am. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce, release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to set free those who are oppressed. He has sent me. I have been sent to free the captives, to set the captives free. Jesus came full of anointing to break the yokes off of his people. I taught on the power of the anointing, what anointing is and what anointing does, the power of it. In the Bible, it speaks of the yoke was broken by the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. The yoke meaning thinking of a, of a cattle that has a yoke across its neck. They are trapped, they are in bondage, they can't do anything to remove it, it's really heavy. It's all they can think about pretty much is how much they're suffering and in pain because it's that heavy upon their lives. And so the anointing is what has the power to break it, not to just lift it up, relieve some pain but to completely destroy it. The anointing breaks the yoke. So that's what anointing is. And Jesus came, Jesus the anointed one came full of anointing and he broke the yokes off of people's lives, which was setting people free. The yokes are, is the oppression the enemy has on people in different ways from sickness to poverty to generational curses, to depression, 
to strongholds, like strong addictions that have been certain things and certain things in the spiritual realm that have become so strong that it, it truly needs anointing to break the power of God to break. We as vessels of the Holy Spirit have the power to power over the enemy to have victory in spiritual warfare. But in the spiritual realm, the enemy has power. God's power is much higher, but he's been around for a long time. And because the enemy has blinded people for so long, there's been a lack of maturing in the body of Christ because of no fivefold ministry until now, for the most part. Um, because of this, many people don't know how things work in the spiritual realm, so it can allow the enemy to have an open door. It can allow the enemy to end up putting more power on someone's life, that it can become strong. Sometimes it can be a curse from someone, someone doing the power of witchcraft. So in these cases, the power of God is needed. Anointed, anointing is needed to break this bigger power, this bigger stronghold of the enemy upon someone's life. And this is why anointing, power of God, miracles are so important because some believers may be not finding many yokes in their lives, you know, maybe they were sheltered, they were just surrounded by tons of Christians and, and maybe they were fortunate and there wasn't any kind of open door for the enemy to come in their life and they don't find many yokes in their life. But majority of Christians find up they find end up finding they have some yokes of some kind in their life and the truth is is that Jesus wants to break every yoke but when believers don't know that the power of God exists that Jesus really can set you free of anything it's made many Christians to think well this is just life I guess I'm just supposed to live with this sickness because I've tried a lot of things. I guess I'm just supposed to, I guess only medicine can do the job now. I guess I'm stuck with this depression. I've tried a lot of things. I've tried a lot of counseling. I guess I'm just stuck with this addiction. I guess, you know, because they haven't seen examples of the power of God moving. And they've tried many things. They've tried many things. They've tried reading the Bible, worshiping, going to church. They tried, they tried, they tried. They need the power of God anointing to break that yoke. So God wants you to know that he does have the power to break the yoke. And he does want to break the yoke off your life. You don't need to live with that. You do not need to live with that. God doesn't want you to live with that absolutely not he wants to break that yoke you just have to believe believe in miracles believe that god wants to set you free believe that he wants to heal you that's all you have to do and position yourself to where the anointing is flowing something powerful that we see about peter apostle peter and apostle paul this is the acts church this is our example of how church should be today there's something powerful to notice that there was a location where anointing was flowing. The Bible says such extraordinary miracles were happening through Apostle Paul. It doesn't say that about anybody else. So there's a location 
where there was a lot of power of God anointing, a higher level anointing to break yokes in people's lives. Peter, they were bringing specifically people to Peter for his shadow, just his shadow, not even his body, his shadow to touch people and they were all healed. So this reveals that there is location where God pours this powerful anointing, talking about this powerful anointing to break the yokes. This is yours, this healing, this freedom. It's yours. Jesus paid the, the price on that cross for your freedom, for your healing. And he showed you when he walked on this earth, this is what I'm about. I'm about healing my people. I'm about setting them free. I'm about revealing my love and doing it through action. That I'm not just gonna sit and talk to them and tell them, I love you, I love you, I love you, while you have a yoke on your neck and you're suffering. That's the amazing thing about, about Jesus when we, when we read about him in the Bible. He, he's always setting people free and healing and preaching the gospel. It's all together, it's all together. He didn't wanna see his people suffering. He wanted them to be free immediately. Jesus wants you to have this attitude that this is yours and God wants it for you now. I also want to share with you like this example of, of a child at home. Imagine, imagine a parent, they leave for work and the child is, we'll say they're 13, 14 and they've never been home, bef home alone before and their parents always fed them their own food. But the parent leaves for work and, and the door, the fridge door was open, but the, the children somehow didn't hear the parents say, hey, just open up the fridge and there's food all prepared for you in there that I've all prepared for you. The child just didn't hear it. That's like the enemy today, trying to cover ears, blind people to what God is, is saying through his Bible and through some vessels that are speaking truth. Um, and imagine if that child is just sitting there like, well, I don't see any food. I guess it's, I guess that I can't eat anything today and, and they don't eat any food the whole day. But that food was sitting there in the fridge. They just had to open it up and receive it. So this is how it is. God really wants you to know this principle of, of knowing who you are as an heir, knowing who you are as a child of God, a child. This he's already giving you. You have to act that way. Receive it. This is mine. Thank you, Jesus. This is mine. Thank you, Lord. This is mine. Because that's the way of receiving it. That is faith. Releasing faith into what Jesus is already giving you, even though you don't see the physical results of it around you or in your body or in your life right now. But Jesus gave this to me. I know it's mine. That's faith. That's faith. That, that's the kind of faith you need. Not the not not like, well, I haven't I haven't seen any kind of miracle my whole life. I've prayed, I prayed, God heal me, God heal me, God heal me. Nothing's happened yet. Maybe later. I hope so. But do you do you see how what I just described is not? It's not like this is mine. It's already mine. I just have to speak it, believe it, and I will see it in my life. You see how that's so different? Because that's speaking as a child of God. This is my inheritance. This is me walking in authority as God's called me to. Not like, God, give this to me. 
But no, God has given this to me already. He wants me to believe it like this so I can receive it. It's, this is a principle I'm teaching you. It's a principle in the spiritual realm that we have to get right to access it. Uh, lots of times the enemy is lying in our heads like you won't be healed, you won't receive this miracle. When that happens, it's not the time to be like, God, please just do it. But it's instead time to take authority and have victory in the spiritual warfare that's going on. Like acknowledge what's going on and be like, no, I reject that lie in Jesus' name. The Bible says by his stripes I am healed. I've received complete healing. I am healed. You, maybe you don't feel healed when you say that. You don't look healed. Nothing seems different, but you speak it. And this, there's such power in it because that's faith. That's faith. That's faith that's released. And so things start to happen in the spiritual realm that manifest in the physical realm as you do that, as you keep steady in that lies come you stay steady i've seen god is moving today i've seen these testimonies that many have received at revival in the park through these videos through these lives jesus has given me that healing too just as he's given it to other people as their inheritance he's given it to me too and i'm telling you you need to protect yourself from the wrong doctrine you need to you need to understand that what i'm revealing is rare is the true doctrine but it's rare for believers to walk in. So you need to know that the devil is terrified for you to know this truth. So if you see in comments, if you hear people telling you, if you need to protect yourself and understand that the enemy does not want you to receive healing. The enemy does not want this truth to get out. He is in trouble when this truth gets out. You will be strong spiritually when you can Think in the spiritual realm, what's really going on? Oh yeah, the enemy exists and he doesn't want me to be free. He doesn't want me to be healed. He doesn't want me to know this truth. Oh, it empowers you to not let him fool you, not let him trick you. You know, also there are a couple examples in the Bible of, we see Job, how Job had perfect health and then God allowed the enemy to take Job's health for a period of time and God returned it for his amazing purposes. We see I, we see the beauty in God's plan of that um, and how it was all worked out for so good and for God's perfect purpose. And it strengthened Job's faith like never before and it became a huge victory in God's kingdom and we're able to be empowered by his faith and, and see the faithfulness of God through his life. There's a couple examples in the Bible where maybe we'll see that happen where we see God allows a sickness for a certain amount of time, or God may allow a thorn in the flesh. Different things happen. God is sovereign. He's sovereign, and he has these plans that we couldn't come up with that are so beautiful and amazing. Um, and, and he has these trials that he'll allow um, for our good, that are perfect plans. God wants you to have a simple mind, a simple a simple mind when it comes to healing. God doesn't want you to be overthinking like, maybe I'm just supposed to be sick forever or maybe I'm just an exception. Um, maybe I'm like this, I don't, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't want you to think like that. He doesn't want you to think like that. He doesn't. He want, 
he wants you to have the heart of the woman with the issue of blood. The woman was bleeding for so many years and she had heard about all the miracles that Jesus was doing. And she thought to herself, you know, he's gonna be in town. The anointed one is gonna be in town. I'm gonna, I'm gonna position myself to be close to the anointing, where the anointing's flowing, where all these people have been healed. And I know that if I just touch him, I'll receive healing. I know this Jesus is full of love and just wants all these people to be healed. These testimonies I'm, he I'm hearing, so many people have been healed. I believe he wants that for me too. Even though there's been no cure for me, the doctors say there's no cure for so many years. I know that if I just touch his cloak, the bottom of his robe, I know I will be healed. You see how her heart, her attitude was one of, this is already mine. God for sure wants this for me. It's already mine. I just have to reach and grab it and it's mine. Do you see how that was her mindset? How she was so confident in that? Her faith? It wasn't, well, I know that a lot of people have been healed, but I don't know about me. I don't know if I really deserve it or man, it's been like 15 years. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll try. I'll try. We'll see what happens, but I'm, I don't want to get my hopes up. Was she like that at all? No, she was not. She had this simple faith, this simple, simple, adamant faith. If I touch him, I will receive healing. Oh, that is powerful, that example for us of how to receive healing and God's heart for healing. He says in the Bible, who touched me? He was amazed because he felt anointing leave him. And this is the only example we have in the Bible of someone being like, I'm grabbing what's mine. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna grab it, it's mine. You know, she had so much faith that God wanted it for her that she wasn't even being politically correct and like tapping him on the shoulder and being like, can you pray for me? Hi, Jesus. No, she was just like, I'm just gonna touch and receive. And Jesus loved that. It was, it was faith, it was faith. It was the kind of faith he wanted. It was the kind of faith he wanted. He wanted people to know his heart. I'm here to set you free. Come to me and you will be set free. You will be healed. This is my love. Like that's Jesus' heart and that's how he wanted people to see him as and know him as. So the Bible says he was like, who touched me? I felt anointing leave me. I felt power leave me and be released on somebody to heal them. And um, she, he, sa he then says to the woman, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Simply, your faith has made you well. What you did right now that action of being adamant, I'm, I'm gonna just touch them and I'm gonna receive it. That made you well, my daughter. That made you well, he says. We see this and we see him healing. The Bible says every sickness. The Bible's not saying, except for some of these, except for some of these, the only time it says that is when people did not believe. When Jesus is healing people, it never even says, but these people, it wasn't God's will to heal, so Jesus didn't heal them. It never says that. And there's a reason. God wants you to have this heart, this faith of, Jesus wants me to be healed. Jesus has given this to me as an inheritance. And you leave all of that, the rest to God. If you aren't seeing things 
um, automatically happening, you know, if you're not seeing yourself be healed automatically or something, you know, or if you've prayed for a long time, you're not seeing a lot of things. God still wants you to just, just keep believing by his stripes. I am healed. I believe God wants this for me. I know God wants this for me. He's going to heal me. I am healed. He wants you to keep that heart, to keep that faith. That's, that's how he wants you to be. That's how he wants you to be so you can receive the maximum, the maximum inheritance, nothing less, not settling for less, but receiving all that God wants for you. Hallelujah. There's more to this inheritance that Jesus has given you, but I just wanna to stop today with, with healing and freedom. Healing and freedom, hallelujah. And this freedom can mean anything in your life, anything, anything where there's oppression, there's something that's, that's heavy from the enemy. Not something that's just like, you gotta work hard, God wants you to work hard, but something that's heavy from the enemy. Like poverty can be a generational curse. That you try so hard, you try so many things, and you cannot get ahead. There can be a curse of poverty upon your family, upon you, that needs to be broken, a yoke that needs to be broken. God wants you to have abundant life in every area, in every area for His glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before, before today, many of you may have thought that Life with Jesus just meant going to heaven, that's it, and being able to engage in, in friendship with Jesus. This is another thing he provided on the cross is that he tore the veil so that you could engage face to face with Jesus. You could have a relationship with him. And that's the foundation of all of this abundant life. When you can have a relationship with Jesus, he's your friend and he's your Lord. This is where you can hear his voice more and more and more and your faith can be strengthened um, and he transforms you to be more and more like him and think more and more like him. But before today, you might have just been thinking that Jesus only gave you the tearing of the veil and a ticket to heaven and some relief knowing where you'd be, some comfort and some peace in life. But there's even more than that that you learned today. God really wants abundant life for you in every single area for there to be no yokes. And I know he's going to break yokes off of your life today. I know he's going to release healing right now. I know he's going to free many of you now. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands to God now. He is going to set many of you free and heal you now. Lift your hands to Jesus now as he moves upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this precious anointing to break every yoke. I thank you, Father, for the freedom and healing you are about to do in every single person's life here watching right now. Thank you, Jesus. I declare every yoke in your life 
to be broken in Jesus' name. Any power of the devil that's been strong in your life, that needs the power of the anointing to break it, I declare that to be broken off of your life now in Jesus' mighty name. I declare every curse spoken against you, spoken against your family, spoken against generations past, I break that curse off of your life now in Jesus' name. I declare every bondage of addiction, every yoke of addiction, where you tried and tried to quit something, you tried to quit smoking, you tried to quit masturbating, you've tried to quit drinking, you've tried to quit drugs, you tried to quit cheating, sleeping with many people, I declare that yoke to be broken off of your life now in Jesus' name. Be free now. I send every demonic spirit away from you now, out of you now, out of your body now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You are free. You are free. You are free. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of sickness, I declare that yoke to be broken now. I declare that spirit of infirmity to get out in Jesus' name. Every sickness, go. Every pain, go. Every terminal sickness, terminal pain, go now in Jesus' name. Go. Be healed now in Jesus' name. By Jesus' stripes, you have received your healing now. It is yours. It is yours from Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I speak healing to every person here who's having problems with fertility problems. I speak healing to you now in Jesus' name. Complete healing. You will bring life now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Every spirit of depression, every yoke of depression that's so heavy, it's time for it to be broken. I declare now in Jesus' name, spirit of depression, get out now in Jesus' name. Suicidal thoughts, get out now in Jesus' name. A spirit in one's mind now, there's, there's someone here who in your mind, like the enemy has spoken to you, you're crazy, you're going crazy. And filled your mind with lies. Filled your mind with lies to think that's true, that, to think that you've changed into a person who is not right in the mind. The devil has tricked you into thinking that. And I declare that to be broken, that curse to be broken off of you in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' mighty name now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Every, every mental disorder spirit that doctors have given a name of a mental disorder, I declare that spirit to get out in Jesus' name. Be free. I declare your mind will not be full, consumed with lies where you can't even think straight or hear straight or see straight, fogginess. I declare that to get out of your mind now in Jesus' name, that spirit go now in Jesus' name. You are free. You are free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I see God touching every trauma now, every trauma that you've had. There's been abuse. There's been sexual abuse. There's been physical abuse. There's been manipulative abuse, verbal abuse. There's some of you who have been treated worthless by people, horrible. And that trauma, that trauma became a stronghold the enemy grew from trying to take power over you, oppression upon you, your mind. But today I declare that that devil has, that demon has no power over you anymore. This trauma from years back, I declare that to be uprooted now from you in Jesus' name. I declare every trauma to go out, to go out of you now in Jesus' name. Be free, be free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All of the bad memories, I declare them to go. All of, the, all of the past trauma nightmares and flashbacks and memories and visions, I declare them to get out now. Never return in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are free in Jesus' name. You are free. Jesus has freed you today. The yoke has been destroyed completely by the anointing. Thank you, Jesus.